All right, so now we're going to the Lord willing, we're going to get into God's word. If you have your Bibles, let's go to the sixth chapter of the book of Micah. The sixth chapter of the book of Micah. The word of God tells us, you know, um, that there is a simplicity, simplicity in Christ. And um, um, I, I think that is, is very important um, that, we, that we understand that, 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 that there is a sim simplicity in Christ. You know, a lot of times um, we could think because of God's word and how detailed it is, that there's just so much uh, to follow in God, that there's just so much to, to it. And uh, really, we're going to go over uh, <laughs> what, the, what God requires of us. And now that's, that's, that's uh, I believe that's the name of this message, what God requires of us. Now, if you follow these things, uh, everything else, turn me down some more everything else will uh, line up. You know, oftentimes we get into the subcategories and then the categories under that and then the categories under that. And the whole time, uh, we're trying to show you how you're not lining up uh, with, the, with the main categories. And it's, it's three main categories. If you do these three things, then God will be pleased with you. If you have these three things, then God will be pleased with you. And it will be impossible for you uh, not to go to heaven if you're doing these three things. But if you're not, if you're falling short of one of these things, then that's what bring in the other turmoil and the other disobedience in, uh, in your life. So is everybody there? The sixth chapter of the book of Micah. Let's start reading at verse six now. says, wherewith shall I come before the Lord? In other words, how will I come before the Lord and bow myself before the, the high God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves of a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with, a thousand, with thousands of rams or with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression? the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul. So he, he's listing these things here now. In other words, <laughs> what he's saying is, am I supposed to live a life of asking for forgiveness? Oftentimes what happens is when, when people give their lives to the Lord and they're not being taught right, then they, they feel like in their hearts they have to do all of these other things to make up for their, for just not having a sincere relationship with the Lord. And um, of course, the Lord is spelling out for us in these scriptures here that you, you can't give your firstborn to him in, to trade for your sins and for your transgression. He's already given his firstborn for that. So all of the giving in the world, all of the crying, the boo-hoo and the asking for forgiveness, that does not 
equal you having a sincere relationship with God. Three things he requires of us. Verse 8, look at what it says. He has showed thee, O man, what is good. And what doth the Lord require of thee? Three things. But to do justly. Everybody see that? And to love mercy. You notice what that says there? And to do what with mercy? Notice it doesn't say have mercy. Even though that's a part of it. It says to love mercy. That's the second thing. And what? And to walk humbly with thy God. Does everybody see that now? Those three things. Everything else falls underneath those three things. Look at what it says. What are those three things? To do justly. Everybody see that? To treat people right. To be right. To do what's right, what you know is right. Not according to your standards, but according to the Bible standards. Just to, just to be right, just to do right. <laughs> is that too much of God to ask? Everybody see? So to do justly, does everybody understand that now? And we're going to show you how all these things tie together. <laughs> to love mercy. And what? To walk humbly with thy God. And my prayer is that, that the Lord will help us today uh, to understand these three things in detail. You know, oftentimes people, uh, they judge their own righteousness by their own history and their own company and the people that they used to hang with. And, and, and they feel like, well, God have brought me out of this. God have brought me out of that. I used to do this, but I'm not that way anymore. You know, well, <laughs> if you can see the color of this wall, you can see that it's white. That, that, now, if, you know, you can bring any scientist in the world, they'll tell you that that wall is white. But I'm telling you, there are so many shades of white. That is not a pure white. But oftentimes, that is what believers are satisfied with because they're not this color anymore. And so they assume because I'm not this color and I'm that color, then I'm righteous. But my Bible tells me to be therefore perfect even as your heavenly father is perfect. I need to be that kind of white. <laughs> not the kind that looks good sitting on side of this. Does everybody understand now? So look at what it says there. To do justly. In other words, to do what's right. In other words, my mindset becomes, what would God do in every situation? What does God's, how does this, does this look under the microscope of God's eyes? To do what's right. Listen, and when nobody else is looking, I'm the same person every day, no matter where I am, no matter who I'm in front of, 
the same person. That's, that's what that's talking about. To do justly, to do what's just. Does everybody understand now? I, I, I'll share this with you. I, I think about, um, <laughs> I was reading a news article, you know, and you know, you can just depend on people to just be foolish. And, and I, I think about, uh, of course, most of you, you know about that whole thing of what happened with um, Will Smith and how he slapped uh, the comedian and things like that. And of course, if I'm not mistaken, the Oscars banned him for, for 10 years where he, can, he cannot attend the Oscars for 10 years. And of course, that's the world. I don't, that, that's them. But then you have some people, they, somebody wrote an article saying that Will Smith, uh, his punishment was harsher than the people that did what they did on January 6th, the riots. And so what happens, and, I, and I'm just use this, using this as an example, we excuse somebody's behavior or excuse our own behavior, uh, putting it on side of what somebody else has done. And oftentimes, this is the way believers live. We excuse our behavior. Well, at least my behavior was not as bad as what so-and-so's behavior was. Many people, uh, they get out of relationships because they justify in their minds, well, that person was wrong. At least I didn't cheat. At least I, at least I didn't step out of the marriage. I didn't step out of the relationship. And they justify their own behavior based on what somebody else has done versus what the Word of God says. You know, of course, you know, we've tackled this, this, this before. You know, <laughs> women all over the world chant, you know, I, I'll submit to my husband as long as. And you, you can fill in the blank. I'll submit as long as. And I'm trying to show you <laughs> that's not justly. The Bible says, submit unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. Doesn't it say that? It don't say as long as. Is he your husband? Yes. Will you submit to him? It ain't no as long as. God didn't put a comma there. So people justify. So I, I, and I'll ask anybody. If a woman don't submit to her husband, is she disobeying God's word? But in her mind, she's justified for disobeying God's word because somebody else is in her mind. So when we're talking about doing justly, we're talking about obeying God's word regardless of what's going on around you. It's not justice, according to God's word, to disobey his word because of what somebody else is doing or what you perceive they're doing. Does everybody understand now? I'll submit to my husband as long as he's what? A provider. He's doing this. He's doing that. Well, it seemed like to me you should have found out what kind of individual he was before you got married. And, and you don't get to break covenant just because you don't like the way things are going. Does everybody understand that? For better or worse, does everybody understand now? And so men walk around saying the same thing. I, I love my husband, I love my wife as long as. The Bible don't say that. Husband, love your wives as what? As Christ do what? 
love the church. When does the Lord take a time out from loving the church? When does he take a time out from loving the church? So you don't get to take a time out because your wife <laughs> is not submitting to you. You can't love your wife as long as she's submitting to you. When you made her your wife, you decided right then and there, I'm going to love you. Does everybody understand that now? So when we're talking about doing justly, we're talking about obeying God's word regardless of the circumstances. Regardless of the circumstances. Obeying God's word. Does everybody understand that? Now that's simple. That's, that's very easy. The Bible tells the, the wife to, to submit unto her own husband as unto the Lord. There's nothing else there but to do that. It don't say as long as he's a good husband or as long as he's as long as you can run him. Does everybody understand? So we're trying to give you this idea of our justice versus God's justice. Of what's right in front of God's eyes versus what's right in our own eyes. And the problem is we filter all of our junk through our hurt and we, we change our actions based on how we feel. Versus what God's word called for. Does everybody understand now? These three things now. So everybody understand justice. What, everybody understand what justice is. Doing what's right. What's right? God's word. Regardless of our circumstances. Regardless of, uh, of what's going on around us. You know, that's, that's, that, that's, that's the number one reason why marriages don't work. Because people aren't doing justly. Does everybody understand that? One of them misbehave, and then that sparks the other one to misbehave. And then they just flip-flop back and forth all the time, all the time. Whole marriage is based on what the other person is doing. Ain't nobody saying and requiring and asking God, God, what do you want me to do? That shows me the detachment from God. If you belong to God, you're going to do what he say do, and it's not based on what some other individual is doing. I tell you what. If I make a decision to go to hell, it's going to be because God required, not because of what some flesh and blood is doing. Does everybody understand that? I, I, I think it's something. W grown men say, I, I don't want to be controlled by nobody. I don't want to be controlled by my wife. But if you change your behavior because of your wife, then guess who's pulling the strings? The wife. She's still running you. When you change your behavior because of what she's doing, same thing for the woman. She can have in her mind, ain't nobody, gonna, ain't nobody the boss of me. I'm my own person. No, you're not. If the, if the, if the brut brutality of your husband can change your heart and change your mind towards who you're supposed to be in God, then he's still running you. He's still controlling you. So you still lose. The only way <laughs> to get victory is to follow what this word says, to do justly. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do regardless of what anybody else is doing. My wife, she was reading an article this morning. You know, of course, this nation and this whole world is trying to set, they're trying to set it up for the Antichrist to come, I'm telling you. They trying to set it up for the beast. 
Now everybody's screaming food shortage. When just last year, they had the farmers burn, burning food, destroying their food. <laughs> so we're, we're about to come up on some hard times. And the, the, your gas prices, the fact that they could double in one year, that shows you. And it didn't take long for it to jump. So we're coming on some hard times. Some folks gonna have to make decisions. Glad to start eating less. Listen, if there is no food in my cabinet, then it must be time for me to fast. That's not time for me to go still. But we live in a generation where people can justify stealing based on their belly. Well, Walmart can afford it. That, but that's Walmart stuff. I don't care how they treat their employees. What's that got to do with you? Does everybody understand that? If Walmart mistreating people, they going to hell and you going to hell for stealing from them. So you don't, you don't get to excuse your behavior because of what somebody else is doing. Because of your circumstances. If you starve because of what's coming down the pike, then that was just the way you're supposed to go. That's just the way it's supposed to be. That's the way I see it. Either that, or I'm going to get in my prayer closet and get some revelation about what kind of leaves I can go eat. <laughs> when we first moved on our property, just about every morning, Joshua knocking on the door, hey, did you know you can eat this kind of leaf? I was looking it up. <laughs> it ain't time for that. <laughs> just, you just keep watering that tree. <laughs> <laughs> Does everybody understand that? We'll learn how to boil leaves later on. <laughs> we got some meat right now. <laughs> Let's eat that first. <laughs> well, yeah, but the time is coming where people are going to be, that's going to be the number one Google search. What is edible? Did you know we're going to be having meat? Did you know you could eat wood? I didn't, you put some butter on it. <laughs> that softens it up. <laughs> I didn't all this time. <laughs> Everybody see, even in hard circumstances, God still expects you to act right. And he expects that because you are right. Does everybody understand now? You think about the, even on, on our jobs especially, is when it happened the most. I got a crappy boss. He ain't treat me right. You know, I'm going to just take these pencils and pens with me home. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Does everybody understand that? Your, your boss might not be saved, but you're supposed to be. Does everybody understand that? How are you going to win anybody over? You, you're the representation of Jesus Christ in that place. How are you going to win them over rebelling? 
God expects for you to do justly. He expects for you to act right, even when nobody else is looking. And, it, and your acting right is not based on, it's not contingent upon how well people treat you. That you act right because you are right. Does everybody understand now? Wouldn't that be something if we all changed colors, our, our shade was depending upon how we felt? Most people, when they get their color, they stay that color. And that's a sign to us. God expects for you to be hot or cold. He expects for you to be saved or unsaved, not nowhere in between. Does everybody understand that? And so God expects for us to act right, to do justly. Does everybody understand? Let's move on to the second one now. Look at what it says. And to what? Love, mercy. Oh, now that one there. Let me go back to, to do right. Do, do you know how you know when you're doing what's right or when, when it's in you to just do that? Because regardless of your circumstances, that's the way you are all the time. Nobody can change you. You're not movable. You're just, you're just right. Does everybody understand that? You, you want me, I'll put it to you this way. You go in, you, you might have been younger. You might have gone into some bad relationships, but if you're just a right type of person, you're going to be the same way you were before you went into the relationship. It ain't, it's not changing you. And one of the reasons why people have marital problems today is because they allow their past circumstances to make them bitter. And so now they're in a marriage or they're in a relationship where every time something don't go their way, they're acting out. They are movable. But somebody that's right, that's just who they are. They're right. They're going to treat you right. They're going to be right just because. Just, just like a little child. You can mistreat a little child. They don't know any better. They gonna, they're not going to change who they are. Does everybody understand that? Now, could you imagine what this world would be like if children were like what adults are? And, and maybe the Lord just, you know how they, <laughs> they have free tax day once a year? And maybe the Lord need to, need to open up that door and let our children become like us. Well, they, they don't take spankings well. They, they, they get spanked for something they did and then they mistreat you because of it. And then they're just, they're just changed and, and they stay that way. Could you imagine how imbalanced households would be all over the world if children were like adults? If they rebelled every time they perceived they were being mistreated. I'm talking about children, little children. Could you imagine how it would turn this world upside down if God didn't program them to just receive and be the same little individual they were before? Parents all over the world spank their children. The children don't even know what they're getting spanked for. But next time they see that parent, I'm going to hug you. Does everybody understand that? Children ain't got to go off somewhere and, and, and do Bible study among themselves trying to figure out what's, what went wrong, what happened. 
Does everybody understand? But adults, oh, you got to have all kind of meetings with them. You got to go into detail about where their life went wrong at, what wrong choices they made before they finally come to the conclusion of the matter. Does everybody see that? Little children aren't like that. Little children can have a bad life. Little children can go hungry. They ain't out picketing nowhere. Does everybody understand that? They, they can be in some very, very bad circumstances and don't know anything about it. You know, most folks in the world today that was ever poor growing up didn't even know they were poor until they grew up and made friends. To them, it was just life. Does everybody understand that? So most folks, they don't come, they don't know they've been mistreated until they get old. <laughs> and, and, and listen, and get around some self-entitled people. But when you are just and you are right, then that's just who you are, just and right. You're not changing because of circumstances. You have the ability to re reboot. Does everybody understand that? You have the ability to just stay exactly the same. Now, I'm telling you, this world would be a much better place if people just did what was right regardless of what was going on around them. The Bible tells us not to return evil for evil. That's part of what that's talking about. You may, so, you know, we have to lay this out so people understand what the word God says because we hear things like that and they just go over our head because we ain't, really, we ain't really doing inventory. But this Bible tells us not to return evil for evil. You know what that means? If I got cheated on years ago in a relationship, that's not going to make me bitter and the next person got to pay for it. Just take a moment out of here. Everybody understand what I'm saying now? If God is in you, if the Holy Spirit is in you, when does that Holy Spirit change? When does he get bitter? And I said he. <laughs> when does that Holy Spirit get bitter? When does he get angry? Does everybody understand? When does he whisper in your ear and give you ideas of how you can get back at somebody? When does he tell you to plead your case? When does he tell you you've been mistreated? Never, never, never will that Holy Spirit tell you you've been mistreated. Because he's not trying to egg your flesh on. That Holy Spirit will whisper to you and tell you, pray for them. Don't dwell on it. Pray for them. But he ain't going to even give you a rundown of what all it is you need to get over. Does everybody understand that now? No, he's not interested in adding to <laughs> your junk already. He already know you go, it, it's got a devil that'll whisper that to you. 
So you see how we're supposed to do justly, just, just do what's right according to the word of God and not change. Does everybody understand that? Listen, brothers and sisters, believers ain't got no business being moody. Got no business being moody. Is the Holy Spirit moody? Does everybody understand? I know some people, they sweet all the time. Just nice and sweet all the time. You can't get under their skin. They have no skin to get under. Does everybody understand that? And I'm telling you, that God expects the same out of us. Yeah, he expects the same out of us. Does everybody understand that? Now, <laughs> we can stay here for the next week just teaching on this first one. Faith makes you unmovable. You're not moody. You ain't going through mood swings. I don't care what cycle it is of the month. That Holy Ghost is, is, is stronger than your cycle, sisters. You don't get a pass once a, once a month to misbehave. You, and you ain't got to believe that lie about some chemical imbalance in your brain. That's a lie. Does everybody understand that? I say, you ain't got to believe that lie. I'd like to know what the name of the chemical is. And why they don't have treatment for it. Why don't they just stick a needle in your brain and, and pull it out if it's in there swirling around somewhere? Because it's a lie of the devil. It's a lie of the devil. Does everybody understand that? I don't care how much of a monster you turned into before you got saved, that Holy Ghost is supposed to, supposed to take reign in your life. Does everybody understand that now? <laughs> now, if anybody had a right to be moody, you know, you may say, well, you're, you're a man, you don't understand discomfort. I understand what happened on the cross, and the Lord wasn't cussing anybody out. I don't care how you cramping up, I guarantee you, it don't feel like something been poked in your side. It don't feel like a cat of nine tails on your back. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? It don't feel like somebody pulling hair out of your face like they did the Lord. Does everybody understand? So you ain't got to wait till once a month to take all your frustrations out on the world. Just get saved and forgive the world. Does everybody understand that now? Do you, think about it. Who created your body? The Lord. Do you think the Lord would create something that was going to cause you to go to hell later? Do you think he would create something, get blessed and say marriage is from God and then and bless you with it and then turn around and make that an enemy in your marriage? So you ain't got to believe the lie. That's the first thing, making sure you know it's a lie. Does everybody understand that now? I, I understand it might be uncomfortable. 
I understand that. But I'm telling you, if you're going to do justly, if God is living on the inside of there, comfort or not, you're going to know how to behave. You know why I ain't never bought that lie? Because I've seen women act a plum fool at home. A plum fool. Some of you husbands may have experienced that. A, a plum fool. But then you call them on their job, and they sound like Harvard graduates. <laughs> Good evening, how are you? Well, who is this? Does everybody understand? <laughs> so you go on a job and you just drop your cycle out at the door. <laughs> Sound like Medea. Does everybody understand? That's why I never bought that. You know how to behave around your boss. You know how to keep a job. <laughs> Does everybody understand now? So when the Holy Spirit is living on the inside of us, we're going to be the same at all times. At all times. We're going to do justly. That, that's what that means. You're steady all the time. You're not, does everybody understand that? It don't mean discomfort don't come. It don't mean situations don't change, all of that. But because the Holy Spirit is living on the inside of you, you are the same all the time. That's what God requires, to do justly. It ain't, does everybody understand? So when you're doing justly, you're not, you don't have to make a choice every single time. That's just who you are. You can't help but to treat people right because the God on the inside of you, that's what he does. So you ain't got to go through this long spell of crucifying your flesh every time somebody give you a bad look. You know, a lot of the junk we call victors ain't victors at all. You ain't got to think it's a victory because you're treating people right. That victory was already run at the cross, and you're supposed to be that way after you receive the work of the cross. So you don't get <laughs> accolades for being a nice person. <laughs> Does everybody understand now? You know how crazy that is? Yeah, thank God I got a, te I got a testimony. I ain't slapped nobody in years. That's not a testimony. That just shows you how far deep in the mud you were and how twisted your brain is. It's got millions of people in hell ain't never slapped anybody. Ever. <laughs> Does everybody understand? <laughs> you don't even read about the devil slapping anybody. So you don't get accolades for just being a decent person. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> I tell you, we need to upgrade our standards. We need to live God's standard. Does everybody, to do justly, you know what that means? I'm going to treat people right that's treating me wrong. I'm going to pray and look for ways to bless them when they're cursing me. Not just, I'm, you know, I'm going to give them a pass. I gave them a pass. But I'm going to look for ways to bless people who are mistreating me. So it's a, it's a step beyond that. Does everybody see now? All right. Look what it says there. 
Verse 8, he hath showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, and what? To love mercy. I tell you, that's one there that's going to cause a lot of people to miss heaven. A lot of people don't love mercy. There's hardly a person in this room that hasn't been done wrong some kind of way and that hasn't had to forgive somebody at some point in their life. But you know, I'm going to tell you, I pay attention to the overboard stuff. God does not require and God does not intend, brothers and sisters, for you to live a life of always having to forgive somebody. And some folks even think that's something to brag on. Well, I, you know, I for, I'm a forgiving person. Or you could be a person that don't get offended to begin with and you don't even know what's been done wrong to you. Be that person. Do you know for me to have a long list of stuff and for me to live a life of forgiving people, I have to also be taking inventory of what everybody's doing? So you know what that means? If I'm taking inventory and then forgiving all of the inventory, that means I don't love mercy. Does everybody understand now? In, in other words, I don't live in a place of mercy. If I live in a place of mercy, I understand everybody is human. And everybody's not going to tiptoe around me. So I don't live in a place of offense where I'm collecting all these offenses and forgiving all these offenses. I'm not taking account of the junk. I don't live there. Now I'm going to tell you what happens. <laughs> when people think they, they, they live a life of forgiving people and, 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 and always having to forgive people, that, that shows you they're also looking for people to forgive them of everything. Does everybody understand what I mean now? God does not want us living in that place where we're taking toll and we're taking count of offense. We're taking count of, of people doing whatever it is that they're doing. Does everybody understand? There are two kinds of people in this world. The people that are living for God and the people that are living for the devil. I don't expect the people that are living for the devil to have manners. And I don't expect the people that's living for God to be me. I expect them people, I expect everybody, regardless of who they're living for, to have their own personality. Just like I have a personality. I expect us to have different backgrounds. Does everybody understand that? And so I don't expect them to think the way I think. I learned that lesson when I was in truck driving school. Uh, one of my instructors, he was a, a, a white fella, and he was always calling people boys. Well, you know that. <laughs> That's the N-word where I come from. 
and, and it got you a swollen lip and eye every time. But I had to learn he didn't mean anything by it. Everybody was a boy to him. And I made the mistake of telling somebody that, you know, telling somebody that. And guess what they did? They called the, the CEO of the school. And they had the man come to the school to talk to me about it. I said, no, I don't, I don't feel like he meant anything by that. I don't think he meant anything about that at all. Does everybody, that's why I learned my lesson about that at. Everybody ain't me. Everybody wasn't raised like me. So one word to one individual don't mean the same thing that it means to me. And so I learned everybody got their own language. And everybody don't mean, does everybody understand that? And then you have to learn this way, to the pure, all things are pure. Does everybody understand? To the pure, all things are pure. Does everybody understand that now? Now that's God's will and that's what he wants us to know about his words. So for those of us, if, if we're going to love mercy, we have to be the type of individual we just walk not getting offended at all kinds of things. Does everybody understand that now? This one is a tricky one. If you've ever been in a relationship and you've become bitter because of relationships, that's proof that you don't love mercy. Because when people don't love mercy, they allow their circumstances to change them. And I'm telling you, I don't care how we smile, I don't care what kind of face we put on, on the inside of us, it could be some evil churning. I would hate to be a fly on the wall in some people's homes to know just what kind of evil is turning. Do you know you have to be an evil individual to want to get back at somebody? To want to make somebody pay? That's some evil churning. And I'm talking about folks that go to church on a regular basis, got evil churning on the inside of them. Where they have to make up their mind, I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm gonna give you a pass this time. I'm not gonna burn your burn your food up. They have to make up their mind, I I'll do your laundry like you asked. That's some evil. And so, you know, we could read this scripture, okay, yeah, to do justly, to love mercy, and no walk. Um, I, I got all of those. No, you don't. Because when you love mercy, it becomes a part of you. And you're not going to mistreat people. You're not going to rebel in your own little, subtle, passive-aggressive ways. Passive-aggressiveness is not a part of you when you love mercy. You have nothing to be passive-aggressive about. Does everybody understand that?
So God wants us to love mercy. And what's the opposite of that? To be an unforgiving person, to constantly walk in offense. I can tell you, if you're the type of person you can get offended, you don't love mercy. Because when you love mercy, it's impossible to get offended. No, you don't, you're not bothered by anything. Does everybody understand now? And I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, we're preaching to you what God's requirement is. This, these are God's requirements. God expects for us to get more than a passing grade. B's and C's, th that don't do anything for him. He expects for you to be perfect like him. Does everybody understand that now? So God wants us to love mercy, to love mercy. When somebody loves mercy, they don't have hurt to get over because they, they haven't been hurt. Does everybody understand now? When somebody don't love mercy, they have the ability to blame everybody for their foolishness. We can have talks, we've had talks about relationships and, and things like that, and you know, some people have a hard time, have a hard time getting over what somebody has done to them in the past. And in their minds, they feel like if I let go of it, that means I'm excusing their behavior. And they completely forget who they were. You were a devil in a relationship as well. Well, yes, you were. Your devil was no more saved than his devil or her devil. And the same way you could talk about how somebody mistreated you in a past relationship, I guarantee you somewhere across the country, they having these same talks with somebody about you. <laughs> Does everybody understand now? And so when you love mercy, you understand people are people. What do you think is going to happen when a tiger fight a lion? It's going to be a fight. Just because the demons are, are different, of, of a different species don't mean that they're not both demons. And, and this is the way you have to look at it. Lord, who was I? Who was I? You got to get rid of the, the crybabiness of it. You don't, listen, uh, sisters, you don't get to sneak out of your parents' house, jumping out of windows and sneak around lying, doing all of that, and get hurt in a relationship that you were doing all of that for, and then complain about it for the rest of your life. You were sneaking out of the windows for that hurt. You were lying for that hurt. You might not like it, but you better eat it. You don't get to play the victim when you were just as much of a devil as he was. Oh, he might have been so-called cheating on you, but you had a lying spirit. 
And ain't one of them better than the other one. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> what you're really mad about is you thought those y'all two spirits was going to get along and they didn't. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? That's what you're really mad about. You, you thought two rebellious people could come together and make righteousness. This is not math. A negative and a negative don't equal positive. <laughs> Does everybody understand now? <laughs> so, <laughs> so you have to see things. If, you, if you're going to love mercy, you have to see things for the way that they were. And if you were part of that equation, the only part of that equation you need to be paying attention to is the part that you played in it. I was a negative in it. I don't know what he was doing, but I was a negative in it. I know I wasn't right in it. I didn't get nobody's permission. I didn't pray about it. I didn't seek God's counsel about it. So I walked right into it. Do everybody understand that now? And so the end of people that don't love mercy is they become victims. They become a victim of everybody. And, and they walk in offense all the time. Before you know it, they're the old single cat lady that can't get along with anybody. Everybody's out. The only ones that love me is these hundred cats that I'm trying to feed. They love me. You don't know that. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> Isn't that something now? Y'all know that's where cat ladies come from. These cats love them, yeah, because you're feeding them. They're using you just like all the men in the world used you, according to you. You may think, well, I'm young, I, you know, I ain't no cat, but are you on the road to being a cat lady? Does everybody understand that? Uh, <laughs> I, I believe pets are for children. I sincerely believe that. You turn 18, you need a husband or a wife. You don't need a dog or a cat. Does everybody understand now? I say when you turn 18, you need a husband or a wife. You don't need a, a dog or a cat. You don't need to, to learn how not to get along with other human beings. You know, and I'll I tell you something about animals. Uh, they just like little humans. Oh, they got little attitudes. I, I got a friend... Uh, one day I went to his house and his, his wife was chasing chasing the dog out of the house and, and uh, we stopped and he picked the dog up and put it in, in the back seat and uh, we drove up to the house and we found out what happened they had put the dog in a cage when they had both left and when they got out the dog rebelled and pooped all over the house on purpose all pooped all over the house on purpose Everybody see. Oh, they got their ways of rebelling. They're going to teach you. 
it is not God's will, brothers and sisters, for a dog to be anybody's companion. The dog got a companion. The male dog, female dog. The female dog, the male dog. They got the, every animal in this world got a companion. When God created Adam, what did he say? I will make him a help that's meat for him. What did he make a cow? <laughs> Does everybody understand that? No, he made him a, a, a female, a woman, a woe man, a man with a womb. Does everybody understand now? So God intends for you to get along with other human beings. I'm telling you, <laughs> you can't say how righteous you are when it's just you and your world. And the only people you see and deal with is somebody at the grocery store that you're exchanging money for groceries for. We all say that that's our life. Does everybody understand that? I'm telling you, after you get saved, God intends for you to get on the proving ground. Let's prove that love. Let's prove that mercy is there. And you can't prove mercy is there when you don't want to be bothered with anybody. You can't prove that it's there when you're not around anybody but your people. And the people are just as warped in their brains as you are. You got to get around some folks that's going to rub you the wrong way and challenge you. That's what makes this generation out. The only thing they're concerned about is what's in their house. My wife and my children, they love me. The devil do too. Does everybody understand that? I'm telling you, you got to be around some folks that's different than you. But I, I wouldn't raise my, I wouldn't raise, I don't like, uh, who cares what you like? Does everybody understand that? It was billions of people that lived here before you. You were born into this world. You need to learn to get acclimated to it. I don't like cold weather, but that ain't never stopped God from sending it. Does everybody understand now? God does what he does because he's of his infinite wisdom. His infinite wisdom. It goes beyond my little world. And so that's the reason why it's important for us to love mercy. Mercy is what allows us to have relationships with people who are not exactly like us. You just love people. Everybody ain't got to be like exactly like you. But to a self-entitled generation, if you ain't exactly like me, I don't want to be around you. What you're really telling God is, I don't want to grow. Does everybody understand that? You've been around people that was not like you all your life. Does everybody understand? All through school, you were around people that weren't like you. They knew something more than you did. That's the reason why you could learn. That's the whole purpose of life, is to learn. Does everybody understand now? All of a sudden, we turn 18, we become stubborn. We feel like we can't learn anymore. So we're not interested. 
and being around folks that's different. We know everything we need to know in our minds. But I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, we're going to have to get to the place where we love mercy. Does everybody understand that? If we're not bothered because people are different. And we're, listen, and we ain't trying to control people and make them like us so that we can be friends. Does everybody understand that? What was the last one? And to walk humbly with thy God. Everybody see that? What's the opposite of that? Not to have pride. That's what he's saying. You know what it means to walk humbly with God? That means every day I'm checking. On a regular basis, I'm checking with the Lord. Lord, am I pleasing to you? Are my actions pleasing to you? Were you pleased with what I did yesterday? Are you pleased with what I'm planning on doing today? That's the life God intends for us to live. But pride ain't going to hardly want to ask that question. Because pride believes it's already in a place that it's not. Pride already believes God is just pleased. I'm just, who, oh yeah, you pleased. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? My wife, there are times when she, she will cook and uh, she will ask me, was, did that turn out right? Did, did that turn out the way you liked it? And, I, you know, to me, I'm going to be honest. I don't, I don't believe in sparing. Does everybody understand now? I appreciate every effort that my wife makes to cook for me. And I believe she's a really good cook. You know, <laughs> but if something is wrong, I'm going to say something about it. And so she'll ask me that, and I'll say, yeah, nay, or whatever the case is, and I'll, I'll go on to explain to her what could have been done better or whatever the case is. Now, you know why she asked that? Because she's cooking for me. I don't believe in cooking for other people, and, but making it exactly the way I want it. That's the generation we live in now. I'm going to cook for you, but I'm going to make it the way I like it. Well, you cooking for you. And don't get offended when it's still on my plate. You eat it. Does everybody, you were cooking it for you anyway. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> we got Mikey back there. I used to call him Mikey. Some of you too young to remember that commercial. Well, there was a little boy sitting at a, what was that little high chair? And his, his siblings would say, give it to Mikey. He eats anything. Mikey, you remember that? I can't remember who. That was years ago. That was a commercial from the 80s. Give it to Mikey. So I got Mikey back there. I, Joshua, you want that? Yeah, I, I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> I know you will. <laughs> I saw, saw you looking at it across the room anyway. <laughs> Rejoice because he done answered your prayer. <laughs> so 
So we are to walk humbly with our God. So my wife, that, I'm just using this as an example. Because she cooks for me, she's concerned with what I think about what she's doing for me. Now this is just an example to me, sisters. If you're cooking for your husband, you, the, the, doesn't it make sense for you to want to know what your husband's opinion is about it? But if you're too proud to ask him how it tastes and you're just cringing, then you're not walking humbly. If you're walking humbly, you're going to ask, how did that taste? Does everybody understand that now? But I'm going to tell you, I'm back up to the evil and stuff that a lot of people have on the inside of them. They'll cook something and, and don't care about Listen, I, brothers and sisters, I know when love them being put in food. I know the difference. I, I'm telling you, I know the difference. I know we you know, put something in the pot and then left it and just prayed that it'll turn out okay in a couple of hours. My old friend, uh, Brother Harold's brother, he, he used to work at the Rhines in my hometown. And uh, people used to always, when he worked there, people used to always want him to cook their meat because he cooked that meat with love. The, the other people, the other cooks, they just put the meat on the grill and just leave it there and flop it one time and, okay, here's your, here it is. But you know what he did? He turned it over and over again. Over and over again. He took pride in what he was doing. And so, there were t so it came a point where he, he, made, a, he made a lot of money. He made, people gave him big tips. That was my first time knowing that cooks got tipped. But people gave him tips, and they wanted him to cook their meat for them. they come there and ask, is he back there? Okay, get him to cook this for me. You know why? Because he did it with love. Does everybody understand that? And, and so some, some people, they use food as a weapon. You don't like me. I feel like you displeased with me. I'm going to fix your slop. Does everybody understand that? I'm going to tell you something about me just since we're here. I don't like food coming right out of the refrigerator, going on the stove. Let it sit there and get room temperature first. I'm telling you, I can taste the difference. I can taste the difference. It's going to come out of a cold refrigerator, going right on the stove. I'm going to be able to It's not going to cook as evenly as what it's supposed to. I can tell the difference. So you know what that tells me? Somebody's in a rush. This is last minute. I was a second thought. Now, your husband might not tell you, but I tell you. There's a difference. Does everybody understand that? that that's, that's what made grandma's cooking so good. Because she loves grandchildren. Does everybody understand that? She loved serving. Listen, nobody had to pull grandma out of the workplace. She didn't feel like serving her home 
was slave work. Does everybody understand now? So grandma didn't feel like she was oppressed. Grandma had 14, 15 children and loved every last one of them. You know why? Grandma had a good relationship with grandpa. They were married for 50 years. She loved being married. The institution of marriage was not slavery to her. Does everybody understand now? <laughs> and I'm telling you, <laughs> I, I believe if you're in a home, you need to love people in the home. Does everybody understand? You need to love the people in that home. Yeah, listen, what, what you put out is how you feel about it. Does everybody understand that? What you put out is how you feel about it. Does everybody understand that now? You show me a woman that don't like cooking, I'll show you a woman that don't want to be married. Don't want a husband. And I'll say that to your face. Oh, you might want somebody to sleep with. I don't doubt that. You might want somebody to go and half of the bills with you. I don't doubt that. But you don't want a husband. You want a boyfriend. And a life of no guilt. You don't want to have to ask for forgiveness for having sex. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> you show me a woman that don't like to cook. It don't like being a wife, I'll I show you one that don't want a husband. Does everybody understand that? And I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, we, sisters, you need to get past this point of, of, of just being a wife. You need to love who God created you to be. Does everybody understand that? Do you know God created you to be a nurturer? I say, do you know that God created you to be a nurturer? <laughs> Hold your spot there. Let's go to the book of Proverbs. Go to the fifth chapter of the book of Proverbs. Is everybody there? We're going to start reading at verse 15. It says, Drink waters out of thine own cistern, and running waters out of thine own well. Let thy fountains be dispersed abroad and rivers of water in the streets. Let them be only thine own and not strangers with thee. Let thy fountains be blessed. Everybody see that? Let thy what now?
and rejoice with the wife of what? Sisters. Before we go any further, I'm going to say that again. You were created to be nurturers. Does everybody understand? You were created to be nurturers. Does everybody understand that now? When things aren't right in the, listen, God made you that way, so you can't, you can't change it. When things are not right in the home, and there are children in the home, then all the nurturing goes towards the children. And it creates this imbalance. The children get all kind of grace and mercy for being bad. The husband gets none. Every time he side-eye you. Does everybody understand that? Now, children rolling their eyes and switching their hips and everything else. That's just little Johnny. He just, he, he'll grow out of that. I'm going to show you by God's word what it's supposed to be. Number one, you were created to be a nurturer. That's the reason why by the time you were 12, 13, 14, he put two baby bottles on the front of you. I say, does, does everybody hear that now? You were created to be that way. And the feminist movement got women cutting them off. Listen, brothers and sisters, that baby bottle is for children with no teeth. When you start to see the white come in them little gums, that's when it's time to stop all of that. And then the baby bottle go back to who? Let's keep reading now. Verse 19, let her be as a loving hind and pleasant roe. Let her what? Let her what? What do they do? Satisfy thee when? When? When now? So the nurturing, if you're married, the nurturing is supposed to always be there for the husband. Always. But some folks can't wait to have children so that they can continue to have an excuse to ignore their husband's needs. This Bible says that those breasts are there for that husband at all times. Junior is just renting until he get his first tooth. (laughs) Does everybody understand that now? So you husband, don't don't have your little children swinging from your wife at a year old. (laughs) Does everybody understand that? (laughs) Because listen, beyond that, there's an unnatural affection. You could 
touch a woman there and it's sensual and sensitive to her sexual needs. That proves what, who they belong to and what that's there for. So you ain't got to get mad at the baby because he don't want to be smothered anymore. That's for your grown husband. At all, be satisfied at all times. That means that what am I saying? That that nurturing, that affection is supposed to go towards that husband. But when things aren't right in the marriage, she's going to turn it all towards the children. They get all kind of grace and mercy. They can be bad as they want to be. I've seen women get mad at the husband because he ain't providing or whatever the case is. He ain't working the type of job. And she'll turn right around and raise sorry sons. Will turn right around and raise sorry sons. Everybody understand that now. You know, at some point, that cycle got to be broken. You, you need to give that affection who it belongs to. It belongs to a grown man, not your little man, a grown man. <laughs> Does everybody understand that now? Telling you what we got to do with this word says three things he require of us to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly before him. Does everybody understand that? So, so we use that example that I gave with my wife. You think about it, she's cooking for me. She ain't asking the children how it tastes. What do what they don't know nothing about taste to begin with. And so to me, just going back to where we started at, if I say I'm living for God, then I need to ask that God, is he pleased with me? Does everybody understand that? Yeah, you see, can, let's, let's go back to Micah now. Can you see the love of God in this? Look at what he says, verse 8. He has shown thee, in chapter 6, verse 8, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee? But to do justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. Everybody see that? It's, it's, it's that simple. It is that simple. Does everybody understand that? So let's break it down like this. Verse 8, he has shown thee, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of thee but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God? In other words, to live right. Does everybody see that? To not get offended. In other words, just be a, a, a sweet person. Childlike in nature. That's what to love mercy means. To be childlike in nature. Does everybody understand that? Uh, you, you know, you can step on a child's foot. They won't know anything about it. It might hurt them a little bit, but they, they just go on. They're not even turning around and look back to see who did it. 
You stepping on, a, on, a, on an adult foot today, you might get shot. So we're supposed to be childlike. You didn't mean that. You didn't mean that. Does everybody understand now? Listen, what's the alternative? What's the alternative if you don't love mercy? To be mean, hateful, and spiteful. Well, you'll be a mean somebody when you don't love mercy. You, you'll get to the point where you can't stand yourself. Does everybody understand that? That might sound off the wall. If you don't like the way you look, you don't like you. So that's not as far-fetched as what we think. And I'm telling you, it, it, it's hard to love people that don't love themselves. Does everybody understand that? What did that come from? Being merciless. Merciless. When people have a hard time forgiving themselves, see, that's when it's them turned inside out, back around to you. Does everybody understand now? You show me a person that have a hard time forgiving other people, or forgiving themselves, I show you that same person have a hard time forgiving other people. They can't get over because they made a mistake, I show you a hard, I show you another, uh, uh, that same person can't get over when somebody else do something. Everybody understand now? Look what it says there. To do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly. In other words, my walk with God are these three things. I'm going to do what's right. I'm not going to hang on to stuff, hold on to stuff. I, I'm not going to walk in a place of taking inventory of what people are doing in their life towards me. I'm not going to even know when somebody has sent a dart my way. And I'm going to continue to check in with God to make sure I'm walking the way he wants me to walk. Those are the three things that God requires of us. To do what's right. To not take inventory of what's wrong. And to keep checking in with God to make sure we're still right. <laughs> Does everybody understand now? Isn't that simple? The question is, are we following those things? Does everybody understand? Let's go and keep reading. Verse 9, the Lord's voice crieth out in the city, in, unto the city, and the man of wisdom shall see thy name. Hear, the rod, hear ye the rod, and who hath appointed it? Are there yet the treasures of wickedness in the house of the wicked? And the scant measure that is abominable, shall I count them pure with the wicked balances and with the bag of deceitful weights? Everybody see that? In other words, what is he saying? You can't just excel in two of these things and then expect God to just receive the other junk. God wants all of you. Does everybody understand that? He wants every last bit of you. If you have a sincere relationship with God and you desire to keep that relationship with God, you're going to walk in these three things. Does everybody see? 
Let's keep reading. Verse 12. For the rich men thereof are full of violence, and the inhabitants thereof have spoken lies, and their tongue is deceitful in their mouth. Therefore also will I make thee sick in smiting thee, in making thee desolate because of what? Because of what now? So now let's keep, let's keep reading. Thou shalt what? Eat, but not what? We'll stop there. That is what, if you want to know if you're coming up short in one of these areas, you eating, but you're not satisfied. What does that mean? Only a sincere relationship with the Lord satisfies the soul of a man. That's it. Does everybody understand that? You know what it means to be not satisfied? That means just genuinely, genuinely, you are not a happy individual. Genuinely, you are not happy. Listen, and I want to make this clear, it ain't got nothing to do with what somebody else is doing. It has, your happiness has nothing to do with what somebody else is doing or have done. It is your happiness, all of mankind, their happiness is based on whether or not they are doing what God requires of them. Those three things. And one of the biggest tricks of the devil is to catch unhappy people and make them think other people are responsible for it. Woe unto that man or unto that woman that's married to this individual who are unhappy because of their lack of relationship with God. Their lack. And then turning around on them like, you're the reason. If you get a higher paying job, I'd be happy. No, that ain't got nothing to do with it, sister. That ain't got nothing to do with it. If you would just do this for me, I'd be happy. That ain't got nothing to do with it. Nobody in flesh has anything to do with your happiness. Nobody, in, in other words, nobody in flesh can satisfy you. Only God can do that. And I'm telling you, if you're unhappy, you look at the person in the mirror. Does everybody understand that now? If you were created to do these three things, you were created to do it. And when you're going against why you were created, you're going to be depressed. You're going to be unhappy. Does everybody understand that? So there's your, your key to happiness, doing what God requires of you. Does everybody understand now? Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the word that has gone forth. God, we ask that you will continue to impress these things upon our hearts, Lord. Help us, Lord, not to be overcharged with the things of this world. Help us, Lord, to follow you, Lord, and follow your word. Lord, you've laid out to us what you require of us. Help us, Lord, to examine ourselves under the light of what we've heard today. 
Forgive us, Lord, for those times we've looked to others for happiness. Forgive us, Lord, for the times that we've lacked mercy, where we chose to do wrong, Lord, instead of right. Lord, help us to live a life that's pleasing to you, Lord, and not unto ourselves. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. All right, brothers and sisters. Um, thank you all for coming. The Lord say the same. Um, we pray that something was said that blessed you, that helped you in your walk with him. That's all now. We'll go and be dismissed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs>